Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees. Their multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, and I hope you are having a great, great day uh, wherever you are. You had a great weekend. You're still on a high from the, our moon mission. And yes, um, you know, I, I was just thinking to myself, I am on such a high that... Um, you know, for me, anything is possible. I have, um, I have been thinking. You know, if we can go to the moon, we can do anything else. What is the limit? There is no limit. There's no limit. We can do anything else. We can do anything we want. We can achieve any goal we want. We can empower ourselves. We can work to something. It is so inspirational. We are, it, 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 it changes everything for us. Yes, we can go to the moon. We can do anything. Nothing is impossible. And I hope that every single one of you are feeling that way, uh, are inspired to be better, to heal, to, to, to empower our Vedic civilization, empower the world with science um, and technology. Um, you know... Um, our land, our motherland, Hindustan, uh, was there for us when we needed her the most. She provided in food, in knowledge, her civilizational heritage, the science, the technology, in the Vedas, in, in uh, Upanishads, uh, in all her literature, um, in her Vaimanika Shastras. She has provided for us for thousands of years. And she's going through a, a downside right now. We have abused her so much. We have used her so much. And now she's suffering because of us. But she has been there for us. She has given us birth. She has looked after us, provided us food, shelter, clothing, everything that you can think of. There is nothing that... There is nothing that she did not provide. And um, and and now she needs help. She needs a little help, uh, and we can do it. One extra smile, one extra handout, one extra um, one one extra hand to help your neighbor. One extra hand instead of instead of um, arguing with someone, instead of insulting someone, instead of. Um, Instead of uh, being angry, if you can just reach out your hand to help and say, what can I do to make it better for you? How can I help you instead of being angry and putting people down? How can I make life better? How can I help you? Just one extra hand, one extra smile, and we can do it. Together, we can rise up above the status quo, rise up our Vedic civilization, and we can do anything we want. Um, and this, my dear friend, is what the inspiration behind the Chandrayaan project is, mission is. Um, it has given us the ability to think that we can do anything. So today... Um, um so today uh we're going to do something um and we're going to do go one extra mile to challenge the status quo and and to be better and rise above so we're going to talk about the art on on the um we're going to talk about the art on the Taj Mahal I've talked spoke about the Taj Mahal before but I saw a picture on on Facebook and I thought I will re uh 
restate this fact, okay? Because it's important for us, very, very important. Our Vedic civilization has to come out there. Our Vedic civilization has to heal and be empowered. And we have to embrace our Vedic civilization uh, to be better, to send it, to give it to a new generation, hand it over, um, not, in, not, in, not in bits and pieces, but understand it. So we know that before this... Um, the Taj was built by Sajahan, and before Sajahan, the Rajputs ruled. Uh, the Rajputs were on the ground by and large. The the Rajputs are the breakaway kingdoms of the uh, Gupta Empire. Uh, more Gupta Empire. Um, when they came to an end, then they, we were invaded by uh, the Sakians. Um, the Persians came. We had. Um, the Turks, the Ghaznids, the Turks, and then the Mughals. Uh, the Mughals then took over what was left. The Rajputs were coming to an end. They were impoverished, impoverished. they were fighting, they didn't have any power, they were small kingdoms. And like the British did and, and rounded up all these small kingdoms and made them into one, uh, you know, uh, formed an alliance with, with the bulk of them. Uh, to to um, strengthen their military power, administrative power. Similarly, the Mughals did the same thing for the Rajputs. The Rajputs were small kingdoms, and the Rajputs were fighting against each other. And the Mughals sort of came and they allied with the Mughals for, to strengthen their military might and protect themselves from the inside, and strengthen their military might and strengthen their... Um, uh, administrative rights. So they formed an alliance with the Mughals and that's why the Mughals survived. The Mughals wouldn't have survived alone, they just formed an alliance with many Rajput kingdoms and other small kingdoms on the ground. And a lot of their art is taken, their structures is taken from the Rajputs. Now, as alliances, because that's what power is. Power is about uh, alliances. It's not a heat uh, homogeneous outfit. It's uh, it's an alliance of heterogeneous outfits and, and, and groups and, and kingdoms, and they form one um, political unit, very much like we do today. Um, so Sajahan, the Taj Mahal uh, was built by Sajahan, as per his uh, you know his autobiographies, uh, as per what we were told in school. But in reality, was it built by the Sajahan, and is the uh, art on it, uh, Islamic art? The answer to both of those questions is no. Um, most people think that the Taj is so great and this is Islamic art because they're the surahs the, in Arabic over there, but they just put their chapa on it. That's all they've done. They've not really, uh, they've not really uh, built that uh, outfit and the art is not Islamic. And today we're going to show you why. So let's put it this way. Um, when Sajahan's wife dies and she's buried in Buranpur, okay, um, um, Sajahan buys the Taj Mahal, okay, and it's written there very, very clearly. Uh, Within six months of the death of Queen Mumtaz in June 1631 AD, her body was brought down from the, from the town of her initial burying place of Buranpur and taken to Agra. It was buried on the ground of the Taj Mahal. Okay. Um, uh, and it says that clearly, very clearly in his autobiography, Official court chronicles of the court written by Kazvini as they were on says as they were on the southern side of Akra, 
Akbarabad. Joining the city on the banks of the river Yamuna, a tract of land, Zameen, which formerly was the house of Raja Mansing. Raja Mansing was a Rajput. But at this time, it was in possession of his grand, of the grandson of Raja Jai Singh. Uh, sorry, it was, in the, it was in possession of his grandson, Raja Jai Singh. Okay? And Raja, as a token of his sincerity and devotion, donated this land, Zameen, and considered this to be a source of happiness. However, His Majesty, in exchange for that, granted the, the Raja a lofty house, a Kana e Allah, which belonged to the crown estate. So, again, the second guy says Lahore, uh, who is other chronicler Lahore, says in, on page 402, as part as there was a tract of land of great eminence and pleasantness towards the uh, south of that large city, uh, on which there was before a mansion of Raja Mansing, which now belonged to his grandson Raja Jai Singh. It was selected for the burial place of the tenant of paradise. The third fellow, Sully, uh, the third chronicler, also says the same thing on page 451. After reaching Akrabad, it was entrusted to the earth in the heavens, like tract of land uh, situated on the south side of the abode of the caliphate, overlooking the Yamuna, which belonged to Raja Mansing. And to acquire it, His Majesty the Caliph, um, ranked had given in exchange uh, Ivad a mansion, a manzil, loftier than the said uh, mansion to his grandson Raja Raj Singh. A copy of the royal farman to Raja Raj, uh, Jai Singh dated 26 Jumada, uh, Jumma, uh, the sixth regal year, and it's a certified copy of the original farm, farm, uh, farman dated 28 December 1633. So uh, it says clearly on the Farham, uh, Farham um, Raja Jai Singh and hereby handed, was handed over and transferred to his ownership in exchange for the mansion formerly belonging to Raja Man Singh, which the pride of the Grand Grandis willingly and voluntarily donated for the mausoleum of the Queen of the Ladies of the World and Lady of the Age. Uh, so it says very clearly here. Uh, the endorsement on the reverse of the Farnham and mansions together with their dependencies belonging to the August Crown Estate in exchange for the mansion belonging to Raja Jai Singh, which that pillar of the state for the sake of the illumined tomb willingly and voluntarily donated as a gift have hereby been granted to us, uh, to the said Raja and settled on his full ownership. So we know that uh, Saja Khan bought the Taj Mahal. He did not build it. Okay, very, very, very clear. He did not build it. Um, and he bought it. So, if he bought it, within six months, he buries his wife. And within one year, he has the first, very first, um, he has the very first, um, 
that anniversary celebration on the grounds of the Taj Mahal. And the second anniversary of the two years, he has the second anniversary of the three years, is the third anniversary. So he's having anniversary celebrations on the ground of the Taj Mahal, uh, which he bought from Raja Man Singh's grandson, Raja Jai Singh. Uh, and that is a given. It's in his chronicles. Now, if you go to my Facebook page or even on my um, podcast, uh, hubhopper.com, um, for those who can access, it you can go on to my Facebook page Dalit is Hebrew and you will see a photo of uh, the Taj Mahal the art but at the side you will see also a picture of uh, artwork similar to the Taj Mahal and this art is uh, is actually on the Junagadh fort now what is the relation the, of the Junagadh fort. So I've put two pictures at the side of you. One is the art on the Taj Mahal and one is the art on the Junagadh fort. Uh, the uh, Taj Mahal, as we know, was, uh, was uh, bought in 1633, okay, or 1043 Hijra, okay, 26 Juma, 1043 Hijra, and the 28th December, 1633, um, you know, Christian calendar. Um, so if it was built in 1633, it means it took, according to the Congress, 20 years to build. But in reality, it was less than seven years, okay? Because they're, they're carvings on the Taj Mahal itself. So uh, there are many other aspects, circumstantial evidence, but we're just going to go to the artwork. And if you could go to my Facebook page, Dalit is Hebrew, I'd appreciate it. Uh, or you can take a look at the pictures on my Hub Hopper podcast page. So you will see the art is similar. Why? Because they are both Rajput properties. Uh, and this is a Rajput art. It has nothing to do with Islamic art art you can see uh the carvings on the wall all of this is rajput art and probably even before that gupta art modian art because this was made way 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 beyond before um uh before sajahan so it has come down through the ages okay um what now? What is my point of contention here? My point of contention is the picture on the left, which is the Junagadh fort, uh, shows the same artwork. So what is the connection? The Junagadh fort is a fort in the city of Bikaner in Rajasthan, India. Okay, uh, rule for the principality of Junagadh in um, so Raja Da. Um, rule over the principality of Junagadh in the 5th century BC. The fort was originally called Chintamani and was renamed the Junagadh Old Fort in the early 20th century when the ruling family moved to Lalgar Palace outside the fort limits. It is one of the few major port forts in Rajasthan which is not built on a hilltop. Um, now, the fort complex was built under the supervision of Karan Chand, the Prime Minister of Raja Rai Singh, okay, um, the same gentleman, Raja Rai Singh, um, yes, so we, we just talked about Raja Rai Singh over here, um, we just talked about Raja uh, Sorry, I've lost my count of it. We just talked about Raja Rising when it came to the Taj. 
So, uh, yes. The Prime Minister of Raja Singh, the sixth ruler of Bikaner, who ruled from 1571 to, to 1611. The construction of the walls was an associated moat commenced in 1589 and was completed in 1594. It was built outside the original fort city. It's about 1.5k from the city centre. Some rem- remnants of the old fort are preserved near the Lakshmi Ra- Ramayan temple. Um... So, this fort was built by the Rajput in between 1689 and, sorry, 1589 and 1594. That means the artwork. Now, it's a pre-existing fort. It was just, uh, it, it was, you know, it was redone uh, and, and added upon. And that's what, how forts, forts are built. Layer upon layer, they're built by successive kings and, and, and maharajas. And like, like a bark of a tree, you know, that every year the bark increases and increases. Similarly, the fortresses and ancient, ancient monuments. They built around and around and one every, um, every administrator king adds a layer. So this is between 1589 and 1594. So when you when you have this art already on a fort in, you know, between 1589 and 1594, that's about 50 years before the Taj, a little less than 50 years before the Taj. You're you're asking yourself, how did this get onto the Taj Mahal? How did this artwork get onto the Taj Mahal? It's exactly exactly the same. Okay, um, and on my same Facebook page, if you go to videos, if you go to, sorry, if you go to photos, you will see more artwork, okay, um, you will see more artwork of the Junagad fort, and it also matches the Taj. Actually, my face, my Facebook page, the, the top of the Facebook page, Dalit is Hebrew, has the artwork from the Junagad fort. So, um, my question here is, what, what am I trying to say? What is the proof here? So the proof here is that if, your, if the art used on this famous Islamic monument is Islamic art, then it should not have been there before. It should not have been on Hindu forts. Um, it should not have existed before uh, the Taj because it's very Mughal. It's very Persian. Um, yet it exists, which is proof enough to tell you that the Taj Mahal, okay, from its purchase to its cons- to its um, rebranding, okay has nothing to do with islam it's just uh it's a simple rajput monument uh it's proof the art is absolute rajput uh it's proof that this artwork existed prior to the moguls coming to the indian subcontinent um and it's also proof that raja uh sorry Sajahan bought the monument. Sajahan not only bought the monument, he rebranded the monument. And uh, his uh, chronicles completely state that uh, it was it was bought by it was bought from uh, Raja Raj Singh, um, who was the grandson of Raja Man Singh. So Raja Rajing, sorry, I just said prior to this, I said uh, I gave another name and I mixed it up. I apologize. So um, 
yes so this this was uh this taj mahal was bought by raja from raja man singh and the fact that the junagadh fort has the same artwork as the fort as the taj mahal shows you that this this uh art form existed prior and and if it was not a uh, purchase if monuments like these were not purchased uh they they had a hindic uh influence they had and and it was rebranded on the islamic monuments uh so this is not islamic art art in the least it's very clearly hindic rajput art and the and the taj mahal is a hindic rajput temple or a mahal or place uh but has nothing to do with the islamic uh art form of the islamic civilization it was bought because um raja uh, because sajahan was um officially his wife died but in reality it's not just that his wife died that he bought this monument he was in competition with the ottoman uh, empires his cousins mogul cousins uh, the ottomans who were ruling over asia minor which is modern day turkey so this shows that nothing on the taj mahal was built on uh, by um by the uh, by sajahan or the moguls and similar monuments okay uh like um similar monuments in uttar pradesh that are um attributed to the to the moguls are also not mogul monuments they are rajput monuments okay and proof of that is the junagadh fort which shows the same exactly the same type of artwork and you can take a look at it deep and do a deep dive into it and this artwork shows very clearly that uh it was readapted for islamic style and today we are forgotten um and the and the congress has maintained this lie for the same re- reason that they need the vote banks so they cannot tell the they cannot challenge the lies of the of their vote bank too much okay they uh, they inc- they they quadruple it double it uh, um only to make sure they get the votes they don't care what is right and what is wrong they don't care about corruption they do not care about advancing they do not care about letting go their slaves they want to keep them on the plantation uh, so that they can get their votes and remain in power but we have to challenge the status quo because we have proof among many other proofs that the artwork on the taj has really nothing to do um with islamic art it already existed uh under the rajput and the junagadh fort is the best example of that now i would ask you to please do your research for the junagadh fort as much as you can and take a look at all the artwork that corresponds there and you will see very very uh, clear similarities of that um and the taj now my question is in those days okay uh why did sajan have to buy this monument i mean you know he could have built his monument anywhere there was so much of land in those days there was no mafia he was a king he was ruling there were no f- land laws uh, uh, land tax this tax stamp duty there was none of the above it was land so much of land people were less there was not 1.4 billion people there were few people there 
Okay, there were not even 150 million people on the Indian subcontinent. Can you imagine that? I mean, there's, today there's 100 million only in Uttar Pradesh. But they, so they didn't have 1.4 billion. So there was so much of land, so few people. He could have built it anywhere, anywhere. So why was it not built anywhere? And why did he choose that monument? Because Hindic civilization is so great, the art is so beautiful, that you cannot supplement it or uh, go over it or produce something better. And that's why even today we're going to the moon uh, compared to all the other nations around us whose flag, who has the moon on their flag, and, but we have the flag on the moon because we've got a far advanced society, civilization, and we've been told a lie in order to keep us down. Very much like the BBC questions the Chandrayaan mission, the moon mission. Um, yes, so because, they, you know, they can't reproduce it themselves, so they have to buy an, uh, their way to it. But why did they buy Okay, because it shows their superiority. Okay, so the moment they see something nice, they take it over, they buy it, they reattribute it, um, culturally attribute it to themselves, and you know, five hundred years, four hundred years later, no one remembers and says, "Oh well, the Shah Jahan built the the Taj Mahal." No, he didn't. Uh, it's it's a case of cultural uh, reappropriation uh, to themselves. Uh, well, the Taj, well, Shah Jahan did not lie. I have to say Shah Jahan did not lie. It's the, the generation that came after him that did not know any better. And, and we have the last 75 years of Congress sellouts who have sold our dignity and our heritage to the highest bidder in order for money, power and votes. So that is why uh, we are forgotten and we are lied to. But again, the reason why the uh, Mughals uh, put their stamp, bought it, instead of building it from themselves, it's because, one, it would have cost too much money to build. They didn't have the money. Remember, Sajahan was broke. His father, Jahangir, had spent all the money from his, uh, his father, Akbar, Emperor Akbar, and the only thing was remaining there was jewels and gold. There was no money remaining, and Sajahan had to invest in defense because he was still fighting wars with his cousins and half-brothers and concubines and so on and so forth. Um, and so he, it was easier to buy uh, the Taj in return for another uh, mahal that was over there in the area. Um, so he didn't pay any money for it. He did an exchange, a barter. And it was to show the supremacy of Islam uh, over his subjects, the kufr. That is what they are. Um, that is what the history behind this. I mean, if I build something and you have another monument that is easier, that is uh, more beautiful than mine, not only will it cost me money to build it, it'll take time to build it. Uh, it will not have any effect because the Hindic monuments are so great, are Vedic monuments. Uh, so better off buying the monument uh, and better off showing your supremacy and stamping out any of the previous generations, uh, the civilization before you in order for you to, um, you know, take it over completely and in order for you to just put your stamp on it and then attribute it to yourself. Uh, it's really about supremacy and and having no courage to produce your own, um, but basically, um, 
you know, uh, basically just thinking that, yes, you're so strong, you can take someone else's work and, and attribute it to yourself. Um, so it's just a question. It, it's played out everywhere, whether it's played out in Central Asia, it's played out in Arabia, it's played out in Turkey. Uh, they have rebranded civilizations that preceded them and made it their own. So it has nothing, again, the artwork on the Taj has nothing to do with um has nothing to do with the Islamic monuments or the Islamic civilization because there is none. Um, it has to do with Rajput. Uh, uh, it has to do with Rajput era um, uh, constructions and um, architecture. There are also some other artwork there. Um, there's some other artwork that you can we can talk about, but you know it's there's a lot of art. Um, I can just tell you quickly, um, on the Taj Mahal, um, you see, just bear with me, I'm going to get this here, uh, music, nope, uh, you can see on the top, right on the top, um, uh, snake designs. You, you can see om designs, which are om flowers. Uh, you can see snakes, um, snakes on it, on right on the top railing. Snakes f f uh, facing each other with in in perfect symmetry. Uh, that's also art that does not belong to Islamic uh, culture. Um, it belongs to Hindu culture because they do not have any animals in their uh, or amphibians in their culture. Um, so that's important to note. Um, then there is uh, around the railing around the royal centipers on the main floor have a decorative pattern which in Vedic liturgy or Hindu rituals is called kalash or kalasha. It resembles a metal pot usually made of copper and a flat round base. It's always kept at the Vedic altar. It's a symbol of abundance and prosperity. And there are 108 of these decorative pots on the railing. The number 108 is very significant in Vedic sciences. One of the most important one of the most important significance among others is that our bodies have 72,000 nadis uh, out of which um, all pathways or channels of energy and 114 chakras out of which two nadis are out of our body and four we cannot control. Hence, we are left with 108. Knowing these channels of energy and pathways and nadis and chakras, its distribution, balance and flows lead to a balance in the human being. Um, so that is also part of the artwork of the Taj. Like I said, um, the floral designs on the Taj show the Vedic Om symbols repeatedly and the phonetic components of the Om are an algorithmic frequency that which use that is used when chanting mantras for meditation and to balance out your electromagnetic field. Um, and by and large, that's what the artwork shows. Uh, there's plenty of other art that I could say, but it's important to show the proof, the complete proof. And that is um, in a very subtle way. You can see very clearly that um, the art has nothing to do with Islam. It has to do with Hindic Rajput art that was taken over. And the Junagadh fort is the 
perfect, very, very perfect uh, example of that. And that is what I wanted to bring to you today. I hope you will research it, do your own research and go from there. I've put both the pictures side by side. Once you understand it, please spread it to your friends, your families, uh, your social media groups. Ask them to share it with their friends, their families, social media groups. And, and so that we can spread the message, heal and resurrect ourselves, resurrect our Vedic civilization and be better for it and tell ourselves the truth you you don't have to be un, uh, apologetic about it you don't have to lie if we want to heal we have to tell each other the truth so on that note i let you go i thank you for your time i wish you all the very best i hope you heal and um i hope we all heal and rise to a better day cheers stay safe and till we meet again